1: Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices
2: of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. i Dr. Kathy Greenberg, our co-host for Leadership Development News. Kathy and I have been doing this now for about over seven years. We have close to 300 shows on iTunes that you can download and you can uh, get tips and ideas and strategies on how you can be a, a top performer. Between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And one of the focuses of our show is how can we give you a few of these tips, tools with folks who are on the cutting edge of leadership and the cutting edge of neuroscience the cutting edge of mindfulness. And so we always bring exciting people to give you some uh, key tips. And so today, uh, our guest that we're going to interview is Susan Steinbrecher. Susan is a business consultant, speaker, author, and leadership expert. And we were talking that I think it's probably about two or three years ago we had Susan on, and uh, she did such a great job we wanted to bring her on. She is an, ex- uh, like I mentioned, executive coach. She's a licensed uh, mediator, a speaker, and an author, and the CEO of Steinbrecher and Associates. It's a management consulting firm that provides professional development services in the areas of executive coaching, group facilitation, customer and leadership training. And she has a best-selling book from Amazon called Show: A Modern Awakening, Instigating. Change in an Era of Global Renewal, and is a business book that delves into the realm of personal development. So we will be talking to her about that and trying to glean from Susan some of the tips that she has for you. She's also the co-author of a recently uh, released uh, book, Heart-Centered Leadership, Lead Well, Live Well, great title, as well as The Roadmap to Success and Straight Talk from America's Top Ten Speakers. And Susan and I were just saying, both Kathy and I and Susan all have chapters in that straight talk from America, America's top ten speakers. She is a, a Huffington Post business blogger and has been featured expert on MSNBC, Your Business, uh, Good Day Dallas, Texas Living, the John Tesh Radio Network, Fortune Small Business Magazine, Day, uh, Dallas Business Journal, CBS MoneyWatch.com, and CNNMoney.com. So before we bring on uh, Susan, we would like to just say a little bit of word about uh, myself and, and Dr. Kathy Greenberg. And Dr. Kathy Greenberg, as you know, coaches leading executives in their entire companies for what's her proven happiness equals profit work-life strategies. Kathy's been named the first lady of happiness by uh, ABC. She's authored multiple popular books on the science of happiness, what happy companies know, what happy working mothers know. And Kathy touches millions of lives as an in-demand speaker, TV, radio, and personality. She uh, is also uh, a nationally syndicated program, TV, The Morning Blend. She has a free iPhone app called Your Happiness Now at the iTunes store. And Kathy's newest book, Fearless Leaders, Sharpen Your Focus, launches very, very soon as an ebook, book and has a business-in-the-box uh, tools for coaching and human performance you can check out more about kathy and her books dr kathy and kathy and i share a website excelinstitute.com. com. kathy you there
3: i am here
2: good good all right so i'm <laughs> going to hand it off to you and then we'll bring on uh susan
3: no worries. It's all good. You know, sometimes for our for our listeners, we have a hard time getting into our lines for some reason. And so, um, you know, sometimes we know each other are there and sometimes we don't. But somehow we always seem to be there on cue, so we don't really yes, worry
2: exactly. about it too much. You are perfect, perfectly tuned, Kathy, on exactly,
3: cue. Right. Exactly, right. Step on in. And, you know, it's so funny because the listening audience has no idea sometimes some of the technological issues that we deal with That's that we right. overcome. But we are so happy. To be here with you today, and we are very, very excited to bring you um, a fascinating show again on uh, one of our favorite topics, uh, which is um, you know how we can align ourselves as business professionals with our heart centered approach to life. And I think our program today uh, with Susan Steinbrecher is just going to be wonderful. And she has a wonderful connection, obviously, to our friends at Miraval. Um, She wrote a book, obviously, called Ken Show, which includes our friend Michael Tompkins. So we are are really making... uh, connect the dots today for those uh-huh. of you who have been listening to the mindfulness living program. But before we bring Susan on, uh, I want to make sure that everybody in our audience really knows who you are and um, and what we've been doing together for well. Uh, almost eight years, and I I think most of you know that Dr. Raleigh Nadler is a master level certified executive coach, he's a psychologist, a corporate leadership, and team trainer, and Raleigh brings his legendary expertise uh, in emotional intelligence, of course, to his keynotes, his consulting, uh, his fabulous coaching programs and development programs for individuals and groups. And Raleigh's, um newest top-ranked book, which is an evolved uh, series uh, from his uh, former book leader's playbook called Leading with Emotional Intelligence, is an encyclopedia of hmm. emotional intelligence Expertise. It contains hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across industries, and um, you can visit Rally at True North leadership.com, and you can get free downloads to access your best performance through emotional intelligence at his website. You can also access his free iApp Leadership Keys at the iTunes store. And, you know, Relly and I also share a website together called ExcelInstitute.com. That's xcel com, And you can learn more about Relly and I there as well. I think, Relly, before we... Um, dive into a conversation uh, with Susan, uh, we might maybe just want to talk a little bit about um, why we do this show sure. and why it's important.
2: So a couple things, and this is, you know, for some of our newer listeners, um, we like to talk about leadership, and, and Susan is an a expert and pro who will uh, enhance this, but leaders have supposedly 50 to 70% influence over the climate of the team meaning that they are the ones who really set the tone and and specifically about what needs to be done, how it needs to be done. And so um, the more we can help leaders, the more they're going to help their teams. And then we're at an interesting place now because of demographics and the past uh, recession. There is a paucity of leaders uh, coming into the workforce because all the baby boomers are retiring. So the more tips and tools and things that you can get in your organization to help, some of these um, new leaders, whether it's Gen X or could be the Gen Y, come in. That's our goal here uh, is try to give you something to move yourself or move the team forward. So why don't we, uh, Susan, why don't we bring you on?
4: Great. I'm excited to be with you guys today. Hello. Hi. Hey, how, how are you? Are you?
5: <laughs>
2: so it's so good to, ha- to have you here. And like we said, I think it was probably like three years ago uh, that we had you. Uh, on the show, and one yes. of the things we do just to kind of get you, get uh, people to know you a little bit, who have been some of the people or things that maybe have influenced you the most?
4: Oh, gosh. Um, I would say influenced me the most my career-wise is I, I guess I would really have to say I had two bosses in particular, <laughs> one that was probably one of those best bosses.
5: Uh-huh. That I
4: learned all the things that I want to do, and then one was probably one of the toughest bosses I had who also taught me what I did not want to do <laughs> um, but also you know that 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 tough boss he in particular was interesting. he taught me one of the most valuable lessons, which was uh you know you don't it's easier to beg for forgiveness than to ask for permission. Uh-huh. And that statement at the, you know, general, as a general manager of a hotel at the ripe age of 25, made a, a big difference to me because it really taught me to to risk and to trust my instincts. So even though he was a very tough boss to work with, I would say that was a a great mm. message I learned from him.
2: That's great. Well, and it's also interesting that you say, you know, from both bosses, uh, you know, we've just. Uh, heard that we just we, Kathy and I just did an interview, and the exact same thing came up sometimes your best boss and your worst boss, but it gives you those those bookends on, on how to be so that's great
4: yeah, absolutely and and I think we do learn lessons on both ways now we would all prefer of course, the best boss, and I think that's a more sustainable strategy, yeah. you know what those best bosses do long term um, for sure, but we certainly do glean the insight from those that we um that we yeah. worked with that were not as great to work for. <laughs>
2: So tell us, you know, I'm looking at this, which what, which is your newest book that we well, want to focus on? Yeah, it... Heart
4: Center Leadership, um, second edition, is the newest one, and that came out in February. The original release of that book was... Oh gosh! Almost ten years ago. Uh.
5: Um,
4: but yeah, so this is the latest release of that. With that particular book, it's all been updated with new a lot of new research. We've learned a lot in ten years. Um, lots of new interviews and testimonials, examples, research, et cetera, in the, in the latest revision.
2: Well, that's so that's so good. Um, and I like it, I love the uh, title I mentioned earlier: "Hearts Centered Leadership, Lead Well, Live Well." So. Um, you know, kind of what inspired you to go back to that? Because often, uh, you know, you may want to be into the the next uh, book or something new. But so, I, what was the draw to kind of go back and maybe tell us a little bit about maybe some of the the things that are in there?
4: Yeah, I'll tell you really what it was. It's when we, uh, when my co-author Dr. Joel Bennett and I uh, released Heart Center Leadership, the first edition, like like I said, was about a decade ago. Uh, we felt like we were pretty much kind of stepping over the cliff a little bit here because it was such a novel concept to use the word leadership and heart in the same
2: sense. That's right. Wow. <laughs>
4: Unfortunately. Um, and so pe- you know, people were like, oh, I don't know about this. Is this a little too warm and fuzzy or touchy-feely <laughs> for me or, you know, whatever. Yeah. You, know, you know how those kind of reactions are going to be. Um, and I think the, the reason we decided to come back is because we've learned a lot in the 10 years. We've seen a lot of changes. Mm. You now see a plethora of books and articles on heart and leadership in the same sentence. Mm-hmm. People have, I think, really, um, unfortunately, there's so many people that are just, they're exhausted. They're uh, working very, very hard. They are asking questions like, is this all there is?
5: Mm-hmm. Is
4: this what I get for the hard work that I've put forward? Right. Work-life balance, all of that is at risk. So we wanted to come back and say, here's what we've learned in the last 10 years. Do these principles still make sense? Do they make even more sense now? We found that that was absolutely the case. Um, And so we really wanted to share that, and that's why we wanted to come back uh, and re-release it with all the updated work, because we feel like it's more relevant and more important today than
2: ever. Well, that's so true, and and, uh, so we want to delve into it. We're going to go to our our first break soon, and this has been Leadership Development News, so stay with us, and we'll be right back.
6: How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066.
7: And internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
3: Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. And we are having a delightful conversation with Susan Steinbrucker, the wonderful author of Heart-Centered Leadership, Lead Well, Live Well. And, Susan, when we went to break, we were talking about influencers in your life. Let's talk about the book and talk about kind of what – inspired this title. Where is the book taking us in this new updated version? And tell us a little bit about what inspired you to do this book and and kind of revamp
4: it. Well, thank you. Yes, absolutely. So what inspired me to do this book was, you know, as an executive coach, you work with a lot of leaders. And in some cases, I work with leaders that are derailing in their career. And you start to take a look at that. And I started noticing patterns. And I started saying, you know, gosh, if these guys make—I say guys figuratively, of course, men and women both—but I look at that and I say they make their lives so much more difficult than it has to be. If they would just get these seven things, <laughs> if they would just get these seven things. Their life as a leader would be so much easier. Well, those seven things became the seven principles in heart-centered leadership. And I just found the struggle. I saw leaders trying to be better leaders, thinking that they were doing all that they knew how to do and, and sort of hitting their head against the wall because they, in their opinion, could not get associates to perform at the level that they needed them to perform. And they were trying to figure out what they were doing wrong and why wasn't that happening kind of thing. And so that's what really inspired me to write the book in the first place is to say, there's a difference between management, there's a difference between leadership, and then there's a whole other level called heart center leadership and if you'll embrace these things, your life as a leader will be so much more rewarding and fulfilling and gratifying. Um, and I speak to lots of leaders who say, gosh, i I'm quote-unquote been successful, but I now want to move to something that means more. And that's what I think of as moving from success to significance. And I think so many folks are looking for that. You know, they're looking for you know, making an impact on others' lives, et cetera. So for all those reasons, I wanted to put this out.
3: Fantastic. Now, I, I want to just understand a little bit more about um, how this version differentiates from the original version, which I think was about 10 years ago. Right. And this one came out on Valentine's Day. Um, and I just want to know a little bit about what's in this book that is perhaps different or evolved from, from what you actually did. or Maybe give us an example of something.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So the ways that it has evolved is we have brand new interviews in here of Real Heart Centered Leader. We found those folks that are leading in this way and the impact that they're having. So Mm. we wanted to introduce those individuals to the world through this book. So we have interviews of those folks in here. We've also had the opportunity in the last decade to learn so much about the impact of a leader on an associate physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And with that being said, we have a lot of new research in here that really starts to correlate leading in a heart-centered way and how does that affect the, the business's bottom line? How does that reduce turnover? How does that reduce things like workers' compensation claims, sexual harassment, et cetera, et cetera? So we also have a lot of new research in here that's up-to-date that really shows the correlation of leading in a heart-centered way is actually a much more profitable way to go. So that's also an update. We had research in the first version, but we've learned so much more, and there's so much more available to us in the last decade. So that is all um, updated here as well. The The principles are the same because we revisited those to say, do these need to change? What way would they need to change? And what we really found from our research is they don't need to change. They just need to be adopted. (laughs) Mm. So um, that being said, the principles are the same, but all the other surrounding material work that support that has been updated.
2: Yeah. That's fascinating. So um, why don't you tell us about some of the seven principles, and I think wherever possible if you want to share some of the interviews that you had or someone that exemplifies that, that's always interesting for folks because it will kind of resonate with them.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Happy to do that. So our first principle is is called know thyself, and that is really having the personal commitment and responsibility, if you will, to look in the mirror and own how you show up, the good, the bad, and the ugly sometimes of that. As humans, we can show up all those ways, but this is really taking personal responsibility, accountability for that, and this is a difficult thing because when you think about it, it takes a lot of courage to look in the mirror and say that, you know, maybe I'm not so pleasant (laughs) at times when I do these things. So. That particular principle became the very first one because we felt like this is the inside job. Mm -hmm. You know, this is really looking at ourselves. Another principle is don't judge or assume, instead come to understand. And that's a really important principle because as leaders we often fall into sort of that place of judgment. We see a performance by an employee and we start to judge the behavior instead of coming to understand why that behavior is happening in the first place. If we're inquisitive enough and have the space and willingness to ask, it's amazing what can actually get revealed.
5: <laughs> so yeah.
4: that one's that one's very important as well. Uh, one is called They Need What You Need, which is just to really say at the end of the day, you may have a different job. You may have a different job title. You may live in a different house or live in a different side of the track, so to speak, or drive a different car. But at the end of the day, we're really the same. Those basic needs of wanting to be valued, cared for, trusted, empathized with, listened to, empowered, etc., are really the same. So that principle really talks about that. Um, letting go is another one, which can personally be a challenge <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. You know, you're trying to control everything around you, but the more you try to control, the less control you really have. <laughs> so. Right. This one is really letting go and trusting associates to rise to the occasion. Um, of course, providing appropriate boundaries and all of that and parameters for success, but certainly letting go and empowering. Uh, know your impact is one that is uh, another principle. And to me, this one at the end of the day is where I find the biggest blind spot for our leaders to be. And this is also one that I interviewed a couple of key people. John Imazumi, who was vice president of operations for a Hotel brand. Um, another gentleman is Bill Shore, who started the Foundation Share Our Strength. Um, both have made tremendous impacts in their own way and in their own right. Um, and, and that, to me, is so important because I find leaders often really underestimate the impact that they make every day. And I always like to use the analogy that a leader is like a goldfish swimming around in a fishbowl. And, you know, that glass is, is, is that bowl is glass, and you can see mm-hmm. through it, and people are watching and observing everything that leader's doing. So being mindful, conscious, and aware of the fact that you are on stage at all times, and um, that sometimes is a wake-up caller or at least a really good reminder <laughs> for some of our leaders. Um, associates have a choice is another principle. This is where you may, be the, you may be the leader and you may have a professional power as a result of that, but there's this thing called personal power, and that is, why do I want to follow you? Why should I pay attention to what you have to say? And especially when you look at the different generations in the workplace, there's less and less tolerance for just uh, following someone because they're the boss, so to speak, or have the power. They want to make sure that they're following someone they believe in and trust, and value. And so this is the wake up call to say, you may have the title, but that doesn't mean people really want to follow you. And the last is really called Care for the Heart. And this is the one principle that we felt was really missing in the leadership periodicals and collateral out there because this particular principle, we're talking about the actual health of the leader and how that physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional health of that leader translates and impacts the associate and everyone working around them, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually as well. So that particular principle talks all about the health of the leader, how to take good care of self, and, and how to make sure you're taking care of others as well. So you know,
3: um, those are so fascinating, and they certainly resonate with both Rally and I, and I'm sure many of our listeners when you came up with these seven heart-centered principles, what was, what was the thinking behind these? What, where did they come from? Why are these the seven that you settled on?
4: It was really the things that I was noticing that the leaders that were struggling the most were shooting themselves in the foot about. So the know thyself, to me, was just the place you had to start because, you know, the the projection is always the person outside of the leader. You know, if you're the leader, often it's about, well, these associates should have, would have, could have done all kinds of things. Well, wait a minute. What uh, what about what you're doing has uh, some kind of uh, an impact on that? So that's where I felt like the very first principle had to be know thyself because they have to come to a place of really learning the impact that they're having on other people, the things that they say, the things that they do. So that was one that I said, look in look in the mirror and own your part, because that's where you got to start. But the judge one is to me came because I would hear. In fact, I just got off a coaching call prior to this particular radio show, and what I kept hearing was how all these people around this individual was creating havoc. And I thought, but you're the common denominator. All right. <laughs> you know? So let's talk about how that judging is not serving you, because it's not. And let's also look about how are you, since you are the common de- denominator, what can you take responsibility for your part here? Because you're wasting a lot of time and energy trying to put you know, emphasis on other people that you don't get to change or control. The only thing you can change or control is what you say and do. So that's where those two principles, again, just keep showing up, and they need what you need. It was the same. It's, I would sometimes find, you know, sometimes arrogance with a leader or narcissistic behavior where they feel like they're better than, and they would say things to me like, you know, they, meaning associates beneath them, can't handle the truth. And I'd look at that and I'd say, how is that How is that possible? Those folks, like anyone else, you know, struggles with life. They have health and family issues and uh You know, whatever that is, they're human. So, how can that be really that different? And the letting go was really came into being because I found so many uh, leaders trying to control so much and not really delegating and not uh, empowering to the level that they should. But know the impact, your impact principle, of course, as I just mentioned, is being completely unaware of when they write a hand personal note to thank an associate for something they did, the impact of that. When they Mm. don't show up for the employee picnic, the impact of that. Um, And then the associates have a choice correlation to me, kept showing up because they kept feeling like, well, because I have the title, people are going to line up. Well, guess what? (laughs) Not so much. They may show up physically, but are they mentally in the game? Is their heart in it? You might get compliance, but are you getting commitment? How sustainable is that going to be? And then certainly the care for the heart, the reason I was noticing that is I see the level of stress these leaders are in today. It is absolutely unbelievable. And some of it is because they're caught up in the stream of, you know, electronic devices. And we forget that electronic devices are tools. And like any tool, tools are meant to be picked up when appropriate and put down when appropriate. So, setting appropriate boundaries around when I will be um, responding to emails and when I won't, and those kinds of things, help reduce the stress of the leader and helps put you know some of that pressure on, and and that, of course, shows up with their associates too. I mean, if you've got a, if you've got a, a boss emailing at two o'clock in the morning, that makes an impact on the associate. They're looking at that and they don't like it, by the way when they see their leaders doing that, because they're kind of like, well, this person's going to be even more stressed out when they come to work tomorrow because they haven't slept all night, <laughs> right. or whatever it is.
5: Well, these yeah, are yeah. wondering what
3: kind of structure we can bring to
2: this. <laughs> right. Having a scattered brain. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> so, Susan, these are great, uh, and, and I can see why you, they're pretty encompassing, and why you'd want to say, okay, let's add to a couple things. So let's maybe highlight, you know, a couple of them in our time that we have and maybe, you know, any tools or, like, any experiences. I think know thyself, you know, I think that one we've seen has been around for a long time. Right. Um, But don't judge. Come to understand because... A lot of times Kathy and I talk about how, you know, we're all on automatic, and I think we quickly judge, oh, they're, they're a go-getter, or, you know, that I can't get what I want from that person, and to be able to step back. and So either, you know, what are some tools or maybe some stories that may go with the don't judge come to understand?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I, I will tell you a story about a particular client that I, um, I was contacted to, be, to engage with her, and the CFO contacted and said she's been with us 10 years. She's the Vice, Senior Vice President of Accounting. Mm-hmm but we can't tolerate her behavior anymore. I'm like, okay, (laughs) Houston, we have a problem, right? Okay, been with you 10 years, but all of a sudden you can't handle it. So what it boiled down to is a couple of her very key associates walked out that morning that I cannot work with this woman another minute. So I go to meet with her, and in the first 40 minutes of our conversation, she's telling me how stupid her people are. So I realized why we have the problem that we have. So, you know, for me, it was like I merely needed to try to see if I can transition her thinking and so in this case, I said to her, I said, wow, you know, that's really amazing. And she's like, well, what's amazing? I said, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm blown away by your strategy. And I'd like to understand it. And she's like, what strategy are you talking about? I said, I'd like to know how it's possible that all of, that you hired only stupid people. So, of course, she's looking at me like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I said, I don't know either. I said, or there's another possibility that um, they weren't stupid when you hired them, but they became stupid,
5: mm-hmm. and of course, it's
4: like uh, okay. And I said, but there's another third the possibility, and that is they're not stupid. What do you think? And so on that's on that, what I, I call the programming error. You know that I had to get her to see where she was.
3: <laughs> Susan, I'm going to ask you to pause right there, and we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk maybe a little bit about how how. You handle a situation like that, and what someone can do to be more effective. So don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News.
1: Listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at one 866 472 5790 That number again is one 866 472 5790 Now, let's get back to the show.
2: Welcome back to Leadership Development News Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. We're talking with Susan Steinbrecher, talking about uh, one of her new released uh, books, Heart Centered Leadership Lead Well, Live Well. And Susan, just before the break, we were talking about one of your key aspects, some of the seven principles don't judge, come to understanding. And very fascinating, especially when you, I think, you know, we're all coaches and when we ask these questions well, I wonder how all these people got so stupid and <laughs> 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 and then you were and you go huh what and yeah. <laughs> And so how did that follow, and why don't you follow up with that? Because I think you raise her awareness mm-hmm. that she may have had a part in this either in perpetuating it. And so it's, go ahead. How did that, yeah, that?
4: no, it was, it was an interesting outcome because she, you know, she had the program interrupt I was looking for. I wanted her yes. to kind of realize where she was. So what I said to her is, I, I, so then, of course, she, she basically said, oh, okay, I think I get what you're trying to say. I said, listen, I get it. You know, you have an expectation and rightfully so. Got it. You have have employees performing in a way that's not meeting expectation, and then there's a gap. That's all there is to this. The problem is what the approach you're using, you're stuck in judgment, which means you're not going to get into solution, and things are going to get worse and worse for you, i.e., they walk out today. Mm-hmm. so you have a right to have expectation they need to perform to a certain level we have a gap we need to close so I said but one of the things you've got to be really careful about is be very mindful of the fact that you know your words your tones and your body has to line up <laughs> you know in other words we know that 55% of a message coming across is done so via body language alone 38% by tone of voice and only 7 by word choice so you can say all day long to somebody that you're a great employee but if your tone and body doesn't line up to that they feel the incongruency of that, and it puts them in a forced choice. So she got that, um, and of course the truth is what she was really feeling is they were stupid. And of course in the three hundred and sixty, it, it came out that they thought she they thought she was she thought they were stupid, and she was shocked by that. And I had to say again that you know remember you're projecting way more than you probably know. So one of the things that I got her to do was to step back and start asking the questions, which is. How is it possible this is happening? What part might I be playing in this? Um, What do I think is happening with that particular associate? What have I noticed? Is their behavior recently? If you ask those kinds of questions, you're now on your path of being inquisitive and coming to understand Mm -hmm. and creative, but you're never going to solve things. And obviously, walking out is the way that ended was not workable for her, them, or the organization. So that's one of the ways I got her to shift from the judgment to the coming to understand.
2: That's great. Mm-hmm. So as we look at this, um, what about letting go? And uh, I just dealt with somebody, uh, and it would be similar how you would deal with this, that is very interesting as she's saying, well, you know, I have this high standards. Everything's got to be an A. And her boss is saying, you know, it doesn't have to be an A. You're late on things. And we need to get it out. And some of the conversation that I had with her is, is similar. It would be interesting to your take of saying, you know, it's a little unrealistic that everything's going to be an A and that you have such high standards. Right now, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. You know, how do you, how do you move this forward? How do you maybe uh, let go in, in the certain or situations or the right situations where maybe it doesn't need to be an A, but it needs to get out?
4: Yeah, I'm with you, and I certainly had. I'm sure, I'm sure, as many other uh, folks listening to on, on the on the show as well have had that type of perfectionist kind of tendency. So the process that I use with that is, is kind of twofold. the the the, the longer term effect one is to we, I do a process that's uncovering mental models and belief systems
5: mm-hmm.
4: and so and how they got formed. And so through that, you know, we will for sure identify that particular belief. And we talk about how that belief has served them really well in their life, because they, of course, can list that out. And how has it not served them well? And here's an example <laughs> to your point. You're late in putting things out because of the perfectionism, right? right? So one of the things that I'll have them do is start to practice. I think I look at it as baby steps. And so if they are coming from a place of I can't let go and we shift them to a reframed mental model of I can let go and they would describe for me what those behaviors would look like if they were, then how do they start building those behaviors and putting them into practice? And so then I look at what's the easy, low-risk opportunities to start practicing that so you can get an understanding of what it even feels to put turn, you know, put that on. Because it's going to be very uncomfortable, but you've got to create the safety by saying, I need the low-risk types of items where you can begin to practice and feel the uncomfortableness, settle with that, be okay with that, and realize no one died in the world didn't end. And when you can start taking baby steps towards that, they gain some confidence, they measure what the impact of that was, they realize all is okay, um, then they practice maybe at the next sort of level of risk. So that's how I typically approach that is put them through practice scenarios Mm -hmm. and uh, varying stages of of growth around that.
5: That's great.
3: When we're looking, I I don't know about you, Raleigh, but when I'm looking at starting a coaching program with an executive and I start listing the kinds of things that they need support on, I'm just curious when both of you approach your work... Um, obviously, through emotional intelligence a heart centered leadership, uh, where is there for you a natural beginning? Just curious from both of you, where is the natural
4: beginning yeah I mean for me it's i 'm always asking you know why do they want to do coaching in the first place, and if it came from their boss, which sometimes it will in a business setting i 'm you know i finding out what the boss wants to see happen by the end of the engagement and strengths and areas of opportunity and why there's an impact on that or what that business impact actually is. And then, of course, I'm asking the person the same. And then I'll ask them to kind of tell me on an assessment on a 1 to 10 scale with 10 being highest and 1 being lowest, where would they see themselves on that scale today? So let's Mm -hmm. say they are not strategic thinkers and they think they need to be more of that. So I'd say, where on the 1 to 10 scale are you now and where do you want to be and why? So what will happen if you move? So you tell me you're a 4 and you want to be a 6. What will happen in your life as a result of moving to a 6? And then I also ask about commitment level. Again, on a 1 to 10 scale, how committed are you and why? And I'm, I am sniffing out this real carefully because what I really want to make sure of uh, is that this person is committed as I hope they will be before I even start I'm asking what success looks like um, before we even start, how will they know when they're successful, what would it look like, Um, and I'm listening for are they going to be convinced by others or is it an internal convincer strategy or an external one, meaning my boss tells me or someone else tells me I'm good, that tells me how I need to direct the assignment as well. So uh, there's a number of things,
2: but that's just a, a little bit of what I would do to get started. Really, how about you and then I missed the one word you said, "Where do you start with someone? Is that what you, what the question was? Yes,
3: it's like like where do you start? I mean I yeah. think Susan frames a good
2: yeah you know, I a
3: think, good way of looking at at, right. at how somebody wants to gain a, a particular
5: right.
3: um goal or or include a new right. way of being, and I think what she articulated was fairly straightforward and very helpful. I'm just curious
5: yeah.
2: And I would say a lot of similar stuff. I'll, I'll keep my answer short, but I think uh, where, you know where do they want to go? Kind of that the discontinuity that Richard Boyatzis talks about. You know, you can't just say, okay, what's your challenges? Where are you? But where do you you know where do you want to be? So it's really the aspirations, and then what are your challenges today? So that kind of gap between vision, current reality. I think establishing the vision, and I think uh, I love to use no scaling question, Susan. I think that establishes that too. Or Where do they want to be? And then that's some of the impetus and the drive that, oh, this could be, I could move forward. And then I'm always emphasizing, especially with executives, you know, you're already doing a lot of things really well. How do we take a couple small steps? So that that, uh, installation of hope that they, you know, this is not overwhelming and there's a few things and how to get that energy behind them.
3: Outstanding. This is very helpful because I think... You know what we always try to share on this program are ways that our listening coaches, our listening business professionals, and our listening executives can begin to think about how to incorporate some of the practices right. that we share with them and certainly from experts like you, Susan, you know how do we how do we begin a process? People are always very um, concerned about where to begin and what to begin with, and so you know, when you hear about heart-centered leadership. Um, it, it, it sounds so natural. I mean, you know, Chick Mahai, Warren Bennis, a lot of wonderful people that all of us know and love um, have been saying how important it is for authentic leadership to come from that place. Right. Um, but people always wonder, well, how do you start? You know, because it's a, it's. A, I hate to use the word ephemeral, but it's such a soft. Yes. Yeah thing and and the fact that you have seven principles behind it that you have a process behind it that it's practicable that it's planful that it has a methodology
4: around it it's very important for people yes because you know there's the, there's the what and the in the and the you know the the what's and the hows right So often a book will approach things with, here's just what you need to do, but people don't know how to do it. And that's why for me it was so important in this book and then all the workshops that we do around this book was to give people tools and processes of how do I know thyself more? How do I know my impact more? So we have all kinds of things that we um give people opportunities to explore so they can try it on and see what it's like, you know, whether it's a series of questions to ask themselves when they need to step back and get out of judgment, whether it's, they go practice particular uh, you know, applications of it in a certain environment as a start. Um, but to me, you know, people have often said, they said, well, I want to be that heart center leadership, but I'm sitting in a culture that's not. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> what do I do? Well, and it's and, like, you know, that's a realistic
5: question. It is a
3: realistic um, question, but the reality is, as you know, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but we only have uh, one minute left, uh, th- that we have opportunity here to understand that command climate, meaning how you choose that's to right. behave as one leader can have a profound impact That's on right. a number of people, teams, and groups. It doesn't have to be a cultural phenomenon uh, to, to have an impact, which agree, agree? More. Yeah.
2: So we're going to go to our, our last break. Uh, this is Leadership Development News. And keep listening. We'll be right back.
7: Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or, for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com
1: Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices
2: of Top Performers. We're talking with Susan Steinbrecher, and you can get the book that we're talking about, Heart Centered Leadership, at heartcenteredleadership.com. And then, uh, Susan, your other website, you said? It's steinbrecher.com. steinbrecher.com, and that's S-T-E-I-N and then B-R-E-C-H-E-R. That's right. So tell us a little bit about the last one, uh, care for the heart. Um, you know, we interviewed Jim Cousins, who's had since the 70s, one of his five leadership practices was Encourage the Heart. And I do know that this is getting more focused, and I think, you know, you being a uh, Huffington Post uh, blogger, the third metric is so interesting, you know, and people don't know it. You may want to tie this in. You know, the third metric that's on the website, you know, first metric, money and power, right. one, two is wellness, wisdom, giving, you know, and I'm sure this heart-centered leadership would tie into that.
4: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, my uh, co-author, Dr. Joel Bennett, is a specialist in this area, and he has actually an online program called Execuprev where you can actually go on, and, and he has been able to measure through a grant the reduction of, of stress, stress indicators, I should say, for executives that have gone through the website and, and done a number of the ex- exercises and activities there. But this particular whole principle is about taking care of self, right? Um, We we know from research that, you know, if, if a leader is not healthy, and we know this intuitively too, frankly, but if a leader is not healthy, there's going to be an impact to the people around that individual. And when the person, when that leader takes good care of themselves, there's also an impact for that. Um, so, for example, I remember when I was coaching a client and I looked at the 360 feedback that I received and they were all commenting on, they didn't like the fact that she is there before they get there in the morning and she was there, you know, late into the evening. And they just didn't think it was healthy. It wasn't healthy for her and it wasn't healthy for them because she was setting a role model where they were starting to question, God, right. is she expecting that of me. Yeah. So this particular chapter and principle talks all about the correlation to the bottom line and how those organizations that have heart-centered leaders have um, you know higher profitability indexes and also takes a look at how you can really care for the heart, mind, body,
2: and spirit. So give us maybe like one practice that someone listening could do around that.
4: Yeah, well, one of the the ones that correlates to a lot of the different, when I think of energy quadrants out there, um, is I think is is meditation. And that's sometimes very hard. (laughs) And mindful meditation is probably, you know, one of the best, but that's hard for a lot of leaders to do. But, you know, when I had an executive say to me, I need you to help me with my executive presence and my executive composure because there's times when someone will say something and I want to jump across the desk. And I said, that's an inside job and never an outside job. You're not going to fix that by doing something external. You know, you've got an emotion and a feeling, and that's creating the behavior, and that behavior is creating an impact that's not serving for you. So you're going to have to go inside, and we're going to have to look at ways of how do you self-manage when you find yourself being triggered? There's a difference between reaction and response. Reaction is not going to work for you. Response will work for you. Right. So, I'm also a heart math um, certified coach, and so I teach a breathing technique and a meditation technique that helps mm-hmm. calm the nervous system down. So, that one probably yeah. covers so many areas that would be helpful to a
2: leader. Well, and especially, and this is both yeah. Kathy and I are advocates of this, it takes so little time right. and is so powerful. Exactly. So you think about that return on investment, it's almost like, you know, there's so much now research that if you don't do some kind of relaxation or meditation or something, it's against medical advice. You know, it's like yeah. someone who's still smoking a cigarette, you know, who shouldn't, you know, someone who's not using some kind of meditation, you know, it's just not healthy.
4: Right, exactly, exactly. And it's just probably one of the, the one thing that has an impact on us mentally, emotionally, right. physically, and spiritually. So you get a lot of bang for that buck, right? <laughs>
2: exactly. And hey, can you give that website again? Have you said your co-author and who? what's his name? Sure, Dr. Joel Bennett is okay. my
4: co-author. And he's also on the heartcenterleadership.com website and access to him there. And you can also start learning a little bit about Execuprev.
2: It's called execupro?
4: ExecuPrev, P-R-E-V, as in Victor. ExecuPrev, and so yes, he built this beautiful site, um, and a lot of, he's got. He's run all the trials on it. He's been able to really prove that by doing some of the techniques and processes in there, of which Heart Center Leadership is one. Um, how that's really made a reduction in people's hmm. um, health risk, et cetera. And, and I,
3: like, I really am a big advocate of this, um, Susan. I've Raleigh really, uh, knows that I, I too, am um, a certified user of the HeartMath program. And, and Bruce Cryer and his organization, Dr. Children, all, all those wonderful people, have built such a fantastic program that um, helps people reduce stress because we know that when we are um, bombarded with negative uh, hormones that are flushing our bodies when we're stressed and not thinking our best, um, those things like impulse control, um, stress tolerance, and decision-making suffer. And, and so does that's our health. So I could not um, advocate more for what you are trying to do in this whole area, and it's been a fabulous conversation with you.
4: Oh, thank you. I so appreciate the opportunity to speak
3: with both of you today and i think that tells uh, nicely rally with our uh, our miraval masterful um our yeah. mindfulness mastermind uh susan is also um one of the individuals who's written about michael Tompkins and his work in her book um it's kencho kencho mhm yes kencho i'm sorry i didn't pronounce okay. that quite correct <laughs> it's
5: a long time and uh, oh, i know susan
3: also believes in the miraval experience and an immersion program that helps one make Make change, and uh, uh, she was an inspiration in designing uh, this mindful mastermind uh, at Miraval. So I think it was so many points of, of common touch and affiliation, and it's such an honor to have you on the show, Susan. Thanks so much. Thank you
4: so much. I really appreciate it.
2: Well, thank you, Susan. We were at the top of the hour, and really, thanks for for you know all the tips. And let me make sure that people know this again: heartcenteredleadership.com and um, steinbrecker.com to get some more information about you. Thank you. Well, this is Leadership Development News. Um, thank you very much for, for listening and continue to, to uh, tune
1: in to tune up your performance. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers, with your hosts Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Business Channel.